Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. I'm here. I've been here the whole time. I was just lonely over here at the oh. end of the table. Oh, I'm she just kept reaching her arm like, hey. <laughs> I was, hey, I was making a proclamation. Oh. Oh, I thought you needed his attention before the segment began. Like there was something urgent. Who are you, Vivek Ramaswamy? <laughs> I was having a dramatic moment in my lonely little cave over here. Oh, well, let me wake you up out of your lonely little cave. Tell me how I'm supposed to breathe with no air. <laughs> a better variety of the songs in Beth's head. Seriously, guys, we need to put together a playlist and just give it to the. People. I didn't have this one on the bingo card. One of the last American Idol contestants winners that I think anybody really remembers. I was I covered this finale, so I got to interview her a few times. Loved her. Yeah. Loved her. And I was there with Jordan Gross, so I was there with Jordan and Jordan. <laughs> Jordan Sparks. Whatever happened to Jordan Sparks? I don't know, but she's good. Does yeah, she, she live in Idaho, too? <laughs> probably. She's Just, probably on Jordan Gross's Jordan farm. Gross. She's got plenty of room out there. Growing yams. This is my favorite part. Whenever you ain't there. It's the rhythm. It's the rhythm of that. Whenever you ain't there. Rhythm's going to get you. <laughs> what year was she on American Idol? Let's see. That would have been 2006. I haven't heard Jordan Sparks since 2007. <laughs> Although I think this might have been 2008. Or whenever this came out. I mean, I remember it, but I don't think I've heard it since. Well, I think one of the problems with this one is it was with Chris Brown, and he's been so controversial. Um, you know, his relationship with Rihanna and his temper and all of the uh, alleged temper. I, I yeah, for a while, this guy was sort of the heir apparent to Michael Jackson. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he can dance like him. He would, he can mimic Jackson's moves, and so can Usher. But, but this guy, you're right, was on the rise, and then of course he had the the, the incident with Rihanna, and that kind of ended things. But well, he got in his own. I mean, he really, honestly, got in his own way, and it wasn't. I think just with Rihanna. I think the next person that he dated, I think there was a, an issue as well. I think, I think, allegedly. You know, half the time I hear these songs and I just imagine, you know, was it a song that woke up Craig? How did the dogs react? You know, you're thinking about the room. Because oh. when it's Ethel Merman, I feel like there's like a, a marching band coming through. Did it affect the entire neighborhood? Yes. Was the whole cul-de-sac singing? Yes. My whole day starts in a musical number. The people like, come out of their front it's like doors. like La La Land, you yeah, wake up. Yeah, yeah. It's dancing. like the Muppet Show beginning. Like, they're all swaying. Or, jo- or Jordan's commercial, was it? <laughs> What's the commercial? The Oh, the, the Jardins. 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 Commercial. Yeah, it's like that. You just run out of your house and just people just handy robes and stuff. Yeah, and they like the fruit guy sings with me, <laughs> as if I have a fruit guy. <laughs> Hello, fruit card guy. What What were you trying to get my attention about? Oh, it's funny because in this room, it, it never fails. Like if you're trying to get someone's attention, it happens with John Moore and me sometimes, and and vice versa. You and me. When, when you want to say something to somebody, it's that, that, that time where they had their headphones on and they're kind of lost in, in their phone or something. Oh, and yeah. you can wave and you can wave and, and no one ever sees anybody. Well, you and I were having a conversation right before Jim came in to do his sports cast. And you asked me a question and I was I had I, I contemplated the answer. And then I, I came up with an answer and I was like, oh, 
I came up with an answer, and I thought you'd see me come up with an answer, <laughs> but only Jim saw it. And she kept doing it, like she kept extending her arm, and you were just had your head down. Just was it distracting, Jim? Was it? Distracting? No, but I just wanted to know what it was at that point. <laughs> yeah. even, even if Bo didn't want to know, I wanted to know what it was. Jim's like, I'll hear you, Beth. <laughs> We have a question from the audience during the sportscast, Beth. Go ahead. You know what? Speaking of questions from the audience, we've been telling you about the sold-out uh, debate we're having coming up on January 31st at the uh, at, at Wingate University. We should also tell people on Friday we're going to be on location, and tomorrow after the show we're going to be on location. Holy moly! So we were we Bo and I have been trying to put together our calendar. It, it turns out that our calendar is just full. We just are hanging out with, with all kinds of places. We had a we're very important. <laughs> <laughs> That did sound like that, didn't it? A little bit. My, my house. I have an extra large calendar. <laughs> Rich mahogany, many leather. No more books. slots on said. I'm kind calendar. of a big deal. <laughs> so not how I meant it. It's as if Bo and I can't get enough of talking to each other. We plan all of these things after the show. Yeah, that's to trying to get my attention. Other. I said, put it on my calendar. <laughs> Which I still can't find. No. I, apparently, I'm supposed to be able to put things on other people's calendars. I can't find my own calendar. Um, but. We have a big gala that, that Bo and I are um, emceeing next weekend. So we had a big conference call about it yesterday. So not only did we hang out all day yesterday morning, but then we were hanging out via Zoom, which, again, you guys would have laughed at me. I couldn't figure out how to turn my mic on. So <laughs> <laughs> they kept asking me questions, and I was, like, pantomiming my answer to them. You know, just, like, thumbs up and a big smile. Like write it on a tablet and hold it up to the camera. Well, I, I started it on my phone because I was still in my car, and the phone kept saying, go into your private privacy settings and turn on your microphone, which I would do, and then it would knock me out of the meeting. So then I'd have to go back, and the host would have to pull me back in, and then I'd try it again, and there was still no... See, you're giving me calendar anxiety, because I wasn't even talking about next week. I'm yeah. just talking about the next two days. <laughs> so the next two days, tomorrow, we're going to be uh, moderating a, a discussion at the Hood Hargett Breakfast Luncheon at, at Char Bar, and we did this with uh, Mayor Lyles about six months ago. Tomorrow, we'll be with the city manager and the county manager. Yes. And that's uh, Mark. Marcus Jones and Dina DiOrio, respectively. That's tomorrow. And then on Friday, this show will be from the Union County Crime Stoppers annual uh, barbecue at the uh, at the Union County Ag Center in Monroe. And we, we did this last year, and and uh, we're excited about that. But uh, we got a, a busy 48 hours coming up. I know. That, do you know what this means, too? It means that I have to brush my hair because <laughs> I will be in front of people. And your teeth. <laughs> well, I do that. Dr. Yeast would be very mad oh, at me. Oh, that's true. That's, if a, that's I a given. Yeah, yeah that's a given. I have good oral health. Make sure you put that on your to-do list, on your calendar. Yeah, well. Right. Top right-hand corner. I'm looking for my calendar. <laughs> Could somebody send it to me? News Talk 1110 WBT. Bo and Beth here on a Wednesday morning, and it's about that time to welcome one of our favorites. She's been with us for years, and she's the longtime cybersecurity expert, founder of Fortalis Solutions, in demand all across the country because you see her on, you see her very regularly on the Today Show and GMA and down the hall here at Channel 3. But uh, we we have had her uh, maybe the longest, I think. Yes. Teresa Payton uh, with Fortalis Solutions. Good morning to you. Good morning, Bo and Beth. I hope you're both doing great and not too cold. It's chilly out there. It is chilly out there. We're doing great now that we get to have a conversation with you. Now, of course, this week, the Iowa caucuses happened. So that means that the 2024 election cycle is officially in motion. And I saw a headline that I could not wait to ask you about. A lot of folks have talked about the idea of AI playing a role in the political process. Any kind of deep fakes, you know, the, the, the misinformation campaign 
campaigning that happens out there. And there was a headline in the Washington Post, Generative, Generative AI and Politics. Open AI will not let politicians use its tech for campaigning for now. What does this mean? And if we're just talking about open AI, aren't there all kinds of other AI options out there that may offer this uh, service to politicians? Yes, I'm trying to figure out how this is going to work because there's no digital bouncer at the door of generative AI, whether it's creating deep fake videos, audio, um, or even the prompt engineering you can do in like a chat GPT. So are they going to ask people, are you part of the official campaign or are you just a a public citizen, right? But but I, I think by sort of setting the foundation and saying, look, we're not going to be used for misinformation, deep fake videos. Um, we're not going to, you know, basically allow you to say, you know, provided to you by Dolly, which is the image generator um, that people can use text to images. So it'll be very interesting to see where this goes, um, you know, kind of more to come on that. But I did think that was interesting, Beth, um, there were two words you said about after saying they won't let politicians use its tech for campaigning. There were two words that followed that. For now. For now. <laughs> and it's terrifying when you really think about what this could do, how this could upend a campaign or upend the campaigning process. Yeah. So, again, it's one of those things where I, I think we're going to have to be thinking differently about what we allow presented as something that voters um, and people that are getting ready to go to the polls are allowed to see. So, for example, France actually has a media blackout the day before an election. You can't provide you know, negative information or opposition information on a candidate, an opponent that you're running against. Um, the one thing I did notice here is they were talking about if something is generated, they're actually going to watermark it during the election cycle to say this has been generated by this platform. Um, so that may actually help with some of the deep fake videos that uh, people may try to pawn off as news. I want to bring up something that so many of us, uh, I'm sure, just gloss over in your daily activities online. And it's nothing new. I mean, you have seen the thing that pops up when you're uh, you know, cycling through certain websites for years where it says, are you willing to accept cookies, right? Oh, and because in the essence of time, I think most of us click yes, because otherwise it's not going to let you go where you want to go or you have to, you know, do other uh, digital calisthenics and you just want to move on to the place, right? But when you accept cookies, uh, I think we know that that puts certain tracking indicators in. And uh, if, you really, if we really went down that rabbit hole, it'd probably scare us to death. But there is news on the quote-unquote cookie front this morning, and this actually pertains to the European Union, Teresa. It does. It does. And and we're all going to be the beneficiaries of it, not just citizens of the EU. Um, so the EU is really holding uh, big tech companies and Internet companies accountable for making sure you know when you're being tracked. And uh, basically, they have proposed killing tracking cookies or changing how those are set up. So Google is leading the way on this. Um, they're rolling out the changes very slowly. So for anybody who says, you know what, I don't want to wait a full year. I don't know when I'm going to get chosen um, to be able to opt into this program. You can actually do it right now. Um, I will send you the directions in case you want to put them on the WBT site. I'll put them on my social media. But it's super simple. It takes less than five minutes to do. All you do is you check preferences privacy and security, you'll see third-party cookies bar, and then you basically say block third-party cookies. So 
The one thing I want everybody to know, though, is if you don't have tracking cookies, that means the website will not remember you when you come back. And some people like that convenience mm-hmm. of auto-login or being remembered and having their preferences set up. But that's the whole point. The whole point is if you want your privacy, the website doesn't know you when you come back. Right. Just the being able to choose part. Now, I want to go back to another AI story. Um, this one Teresa really freaked me out. Now, you know that I have these freak out moments when it comes to technology, when it comes to AI, when it comes to robots. Uh, Here's the headline. Scientists train AI to be evil and find they can't reverse it. I, yeah, I mean. I'm having this like vision of that weird 19, was it like the war games that came out in the early 80s where the computer started pretend and everyone thought nuclear war was happening? What is, I feel like Don, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is, 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 you know, robot Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming back to, to kill Sarah, Sarah, what was her name? Connor. Connor, Sarah Connor. Thank you. I was, yeah. think, I was thinking Vincent Price. <laughs> Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I mean, that's to your point. I mean, I think this is a good thing that the scientists said, well, wait a minute. You know, everybody says we're building our model to be a force for good, and we can't help how people use it. Um, So we're just going to tell people, be good people when you use it, right? And sort of, so the scientists said, well, okay, well, what if it was trained in a hidden way? to be evil, could we then undo the evil? And so basically this speaks to, they call it um, AI algorithm poisoning or data poisoning. Um, So it's something you can't see, kind of hidden under the surface, but it comes out when you least expect it. And so what the engineers found is, oh my gosh, if there's this hidden piece, it just keeps training itself to be evil and more evil and more evil. Um, And it's hard to undo. And so I think it's very good that they tested out this theory so that now we can all have a conversation about it. Well, apparently you're the smart one in this whole group because you're headed to Florida. You're getting away from this crazy weather. Yes, I will be in Florida for a couple days, closed-door meetings, talking about all things technology, innovation, AI, cybercrime, you name it. Um, we'll, we'll be having some great conversations. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll vicariously live through you and, and, and be uh, in warm environments because we're not in one right now. No, no. Uh, in the teens. Thank you, Teresa. Have a great week. Beth and Bo, it's always great to talk to you and be safe out Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. There. News Talk 1110 WBT, Wednesday, January 17th. Now less than a week till New Hampshire. And already... Candidates are in the state, ramping things up. President Trump last night, well, he had a familiar voice at his side. Make America great again. Vote for this man right here in the New Hampshire primary. God bless you and your families, and may God bless our United States of America. Thank you, New Hampshire. It's good to see you guys. We're coming back and winning this in a landslide. We will not stop until we get this job done. Thank you all. God bless you and your families. Wow, that's how was that? Pretty good, right? That was pretty good. And he's a fantastic guy. And he's really, uh, he's got something that's uh, very special because he started off with a Zippo and he's got, he ended up very strong. He did a great job. I was actually surprised 
when he called because he was doing well. And uh, it's an honor to have his endorsement. He's going to be working with us, and he'll be working with us for a long time. All right, so that was President Trump last night, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy uh, at his side, and I think that's going to be a familiar sight from here on out. I absolutely agree, and I don't think it was surprising. I all along have thought that um, Vivek Ramaswamy was campaigning to be Donald Trump's vice president. Uh, I got a text from a listener this morning that said, did we just hear Vivek's first speech as VP? <laughs> you know that I think there are a lot of people who thought that, and maybe, you know, maybe we don't see him as the vice presidential candidate, but I think that he is definitely has definitely now positioned himself for a for a cabinet position, if nothing else, if the former president is reelected. Now, uh, some other notes, uh, candidates. Uh, now, they had said that Ron DeSantis was on his way to South Carolina, wasn't messing with New Hampshire. He went back to New Hampshire uh, late yesterday, so he's not expected to do much of anything there. Now, Nikki Haley, there's even a poll out this morning that says that, that Trump and Haley are tied. But yes. we, we knew all along that the uh, the gap between Trump and Haley in New Hampshire uh, was, was, was thinning. And uh, one other thing of note is that uh, the debate that was supposed to happen tomorrow night on ABC has been canceled now because Nikki Haley said, if Trump doesn't come, I'm not coming. And uh, so if you don't have Trump and you don't have Haley, the only one left is DeSantis. Right. He's the only one who confirmed that he would be at that debate. And if you look at the polling number, I mean, the, the former president's argument for not debating was, look, I'm way ahead. Why would I debate? He can't make that argument in New Hampshire um, because polls are showing Nikki Haley so close. And there's been a lot of conversation about the fact that in the New Hampshire primary, independents can vote in the Republican primary as if that's unique to New Hampshire. But it's not. That can happen here in North Carolina. If you are a registered independent or an unaffiliated voter, you get to go in the primary and choose which which primary you want to vote in. Do you want to vote Republican? Do you want to vote Democrat? So that happens in other states uh, as well. And it does seem to be helping Nikki Haley in this particular in this particular case, uh, because she's doing so well in New Hampshire. And if she does happen to win New Hampshire, there's no telling what kind of momentum that could give her campaign moving forward, because suddenly people might be saying, wait a minute, Maybe maybe I should give this this campaign a second look. Maybe I should give this campaign a second thought. It's interesting. Uh, if we talk about just aesthetics of, of what you see out there, President Trump, to me, looks uh, looks like he's in great shape because I actually think he's dialed. He, we've talked about how he's dialed down the number of appearances leading up to this compared to what he did four years ago. And that was, of course, coming off of four years in the White House. And then 2016 was sort of in a in a class all by itself, because I still to this day believe he didn't know quite where that was going in 2016. I agree. Yeah. He knew where he wanted it to go, but n nobody truly knew where it was going to going to end. You know, Ron DeSantis at this point to me looks weathered. You know, the speech that he made in Iowa, he did look um, he did look exhausted. His, his eyes just looked exhausted like he had been up for hours and hours and hours on end, which I'm sure he had. Campaigning is not easy. I have done it and I've only done it on, a, you know, a district level in a congressional district, not on a national level or not even on a statewide level. And I do have to hand it, and this is what we were talking about when I was trying to get your attention earlier in the show, you do have to hand it to these people who are in a, campaigning, and especially I, Nikki Haley is, um, she looks 
bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at and that's a, a term my mom used to use at every single campaign stop. And as a woman who has been in the media and who absolutely despises that so much, um, so much focus and conversation is put on women's appearances because you know a man can put on a navy suit. Donald Trump wears a dark suit and a red tie just about every appearance that he does, and nobody would ever say anything about it. But if you saw a woman in the same dress over and over and over again, campaign stop after campaign stop, something would be said about that. And I think that that's... Um, As it would be if if, uh, if a female showed up in a suit over and over and over again. Right, in a red tie over yes. and over again. And so the standard of beauty, the attention that is put on physical appearance for women is um, is is a very difficult thing because the, the standard is so high for women that it's just not the same for men. And I think it's incredibly difficult for women in camp because getting ready as a woman and women out there who are getting ready for work right now, you know that it takes us longer to get ready than it does because there's an expectation for, especially if you have long hair, you have to blow out your hair. Makeup takes a while. All of the undergarments you have to wear, you know, <laughs> pantyhose or spanks, whatever those things are, all of that is extra added time, plus all the high heels. And she has done a remarkable job. And I, you know, I don't want to put any focus on, I don't want to put extra focus on her uh, appearance no, you're, as you're, if. You're just being real, though. Right. As, as a woman, I am so impressed with how she hasn't made a misstep and she does not look exhausted and she is always always on point and I have to hand it to her because that is not easy and I'm not saying that that's um, you know I, I don't think it's fair that we put so much attention on on women's appearance I have been in the that, those shoes and I absolutely hated that um, extra level of attention I hated that my co-anchors when I was working in the news didn't have to spend as much time as I did putting on TV makeup and you know Nikki Haley is having to do all of those extra things and and is looking, um, you know, not nearly as as tired as some of the the male her male counterparts. And I, I I'm complimenting her because I don't know how she's doing it. Because I know that if I don't get sleep, no matter how much concealer I put on, I look exhausted. I'm impressed with whatever she's doing physically for her health to make her have so much energy. That means that she's doing something beyond, you know, just the uh, the extra the extra hair blowouts or the extra makeup. She is actually in great physical shape if she's able to keep this schedule up and and do it and do it well and with all of the added pressure that is put on her as a woman. I'm highly impressed. Yeah. Um, and and I think that perspective that you just articulated is an important one, a really important one, because it's it's, some, it's the kind of thing that some people just don't even bat an eye about, and they and they and they. It's a fascinating when you think about the behind the scenes of how this all happens, oh. because going through a political campaign, male or female, is a daunting task. I mean, it is a you are run through the ringer. And, and uh, women have to do so much extra just to get behind the podium. You have to do and, and women out there getting ready right now as they're listening to us. You know that that you get annoyed that your husband hops out of the shower, runs his fingers through his hair and he's off to the races. And then you're still sitting, you know, trying to get hair and makeup and hot rollers and curling irons and Ugh. <laughs> That's why I love radio, everyone. What she said. WBT, where business talks. Presented by Ram Pavement. All right, let's rewind to the market close yesterday. Stocks selling off amid rising bond yields, mixed bank earnings, and hawkish Fed comments. Federal Reserve official Christopher Waller said that the central bank could slash interest rates this year, but the process should be carefully calibrated, and Boeing's troubles continue to mount, and its shares continue to fall. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that the aerospace giant's delivery of 737 MAX jets to China 
China is facing fresh delays in the wake of an Alaska Airlines emergency landing. The Dow winners, Microsoft, which notched another record close, Disney and Home Depot, the Dow decliners, Boeing, Honeywell and Chevron. The Dow falling 232 points, the Nasdaq down 28, S&P 500 slipping 18 points. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Everything in the red pre-markets this morning, Dow futures down 151, S&P futures down 19, NASDAQ futures down 76. Bo and Beth here on a Wednesday morning talking about New Hampshire and uh, those that are left on the GOP trail. Nikki Haley says uh, she won't debate tomorrow night unless Donald Trump is there. Surprise, surprise, Donald Trump won't be there, so there's not going to be a debate. But we were talking about Nikki Haley, and, uh, you know, Nikki Haley, if you look at the numbers in, in uh, New Hampshire, uh, has got a shot here. Yes, and, and if she wins New Hampshire, that could increase momentum in other states. And a big deal, I was saying this last segment, a big deal has been made about the fact that independents can vote in the Republican primary in New Hampshire. But that's that's that happens in other states as well. North Carolina, you can, you can do that if you're a, a registered, unaffiliated voter. Um, here you can choose which primary you want to uh, you want to vote in. So it could increase her momentum. It could get more independents excited about voting for her. Um, and she has been in every campaign she has run across her political life. She has been a slow and steady candidate and slow and steady has worked for her. I mean, it's the story of the uh, the tortoise and the hare. And we've we've heard the former president now come uh, come on the attack against her, which means that he is viewing her as an opponent, as a as a potentially worthy opponent, especially in New Hampshire, because he knows what that momentum means. And Rand Paul yesterday, uh, who had not, uh, and he didn't endorse a final candidate, but he came out yesterday in a social media video and said, I, I want you to know, I haven't picked my ultimate uh, uh, choice yet, but I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Nikki Haley. And I'm wondering who that impacts, because I feel like the people who are Rand Paul um, fans and who would be listening to him for an endorsement are also the same people who are already supporting the former president. So I wonder if if a, a conversation like the, like the video that he posted, I wonder if that drives some people toward Nikki Haley. Um, you know, those these things have have two sides of, of every coin. And sometimes if people dislike a politician and that politician speaks out against someone, it sends those people to that person's defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this may have the opposite effect that Rand Paul was hoping for. Um, but, you know, that remains to be seen. And and I, I, I also I want to say, you know, the last segment we were talking about Nikki Haley and what it takes to be a woman who's a candidate. And I want to I want to point out that I think as a woman talking about a woman candidate, I'm conflicted always in mentioning um, any kind of conversation about wardrobe and, and all of the things that we as women despise, that, that so much focus gets put on our physical appearance before it gets put on our intellect and before it gets put on the things that we say, where, whereas, you know, men... There are, there are men out there that could, you know, walk into an event and look like a foot. And as long as they're, uh, you know, articulate and have great ideas, there's going to be no discussion about what their appearance is. So I'm always conflicted in even having that conversation. But I wanted to compliment her because she's doing something beyond just, you know, the normal hair and makeup. She's in great physical shape because she is campaigning like a beast and she has not had a misstep. So as a woman, I am just recognizing how incredible and how difficult it is what she's doing. We know each other pretty well by now, right? Yeah. Do I look like a foot? I was going to say, you'd tell me if I look like a foot (laughs) one day, right? 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Bo and Beth, the Zoke, the John Moore, the Bernie. Mark Garrison was just talking about uh, this public hearing last night, or at least an attempted public hearing, because apparently nobody showed up to talk about it. Nobody in the public had anything to say. About this idea of uh, allowing the Wells Fargo building, or one of them uptown, to have a lighted sign at the top of it like Truist does. And I'm here to tell you, some people, some people would consider this a hill they would die on. (laughs) And um, I'm here to tell you, it's never bothered me. This is not a hill I would die on, this idea of, I mean, we've got them already up there. And there's some people who think that this is just the tackiest thing ever. It's just, it makes our skyline look unsophisticated. I kind of like it. Now, there's some days when the color scheme that they choose makes it look a little wacky, but... You know, oh, I love it every day. Most of the days I'm like, oh, you know, this is this is a bit I like this. I look I like looking at the skyline. So what uh, to me, if you're if if you're going to be mad now, what's the point? We've already got it up there. It's already on the truest building. We already have buildings. The other ones that have lights on them. That's not a new thing. Yeah. Well, it kind of helps me find the place that I'm trying to find. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, a, like a beacon in the night. I know when somebody says, hey, that's the Wells Fargo building. Which one? <laughs> oh, the one with the giant sign on it. I do know where the truest building is now. Uh, so, yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe it's helpful. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. It doesn't bother me as long as they keep the bright lights. Like, I love it when it's I do too. pink. I love like when it's pink for breast cancer awareness. I want them to do teal for ovarian cancer awareness. Or maybe the hornets. Well, yeah, that too. They're not. Whatever your cause. Hornets awareness. (laughs) Are you aware we have a team? Because they're not winning. Are you aware they're not very good? That's pretty much it. Now, uh, but that is what you would call a a pet peeve that some people have in this city. Uh, They're worried this is going to happen. It's a a hill they will die on. A small hill. They're not going to change their minds, even though in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? Uh, This seems like a topic built for us. Julia Corrigan, uh, BuzzFeed, has written an article listing all these small hills that people absolutely say they would die on, and people can't get enough of this. And you can make your own list, and maybe we can generate one here, but if I want to get us started, well, first of all, I just mentioned the Uptown thing. Apparently... No one in Charlotte really believes it's that big a hill to die on because they didn't show up to speak about it last no night. No one wanted to climb that hill or even just, you know, meander on upon it. How about this one? Boneless wings are just chicken wings. <laughs> no, chicken nuggets. It says here, boneless wings are just... Oh, yes, chicken nuggets. Sorry. They're just... They are. They're just chicken See, nuggets. I just did that thing again where I didn't hear myself say it. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. But it makes Vince sense. Vince Coakley is a pioneer. <laughs> When it comes to professional wrestling and streaming. I mean, you could die on that hill, right? I, I wouldn't even know it. You're gonna... I, I would die on the hill and not even know that I said it. Uh, They're this... not the same, though. How are they not the because same? Because chicken nuggets are like breast meat and chicken wings, if you take the bone out, are dark meat. Which is, you know, like turkeys, like dark or light meat. So to me, it's different part of the chicken. But isn't, aren't some chicken nuggets just ground up? Lots Probably. Of, lots of meat, Probably. just ground just up like dark together. meat that and light like meat. A, like an 80s commercial. Aren't some, where's the beef? Where's, <laughs> where's your savior now? But you know where it's like, <laughs> when you buy a, with those like chicken patties, like ch- processed, I pressed chicken meat. It's like a texture thing though, overall. 
Is it? Is I it? like both. I, mean, I don't mind. I, do, I eat regular chicken wings and I eat chicken nuggets. Because so I, I don't have. You tear the boneless wing open and it seems just like a piece of chicken breast. I'm not complaining. I feel like this is the hill you're going to die yeah. on. This you sound is like, like you're actually, at the top of this hill. He was giving an example. I think he just got right in your feels on that one. How about this one? First. First annual. There's no such thing. I don't care if you plan on doing it again. The first is always the inaugural event. I, you know, I'm going to have to. Oh, my gosh, y'all. I'm getting on all these Boy, you hills. Are, you are climbing some hills today. I'm going to have to agree with that one. But I guess if you're if you're planning a second one, although you haven't had it yet, you can't say first annual. Um, the second annual now you know that it's happening every year but what if you have the first annual and nobody shows up and then it was just the first you know the day before it is the penultimate <laughs> ah. <laughs> that's a hill i'll stand high atop 704-570-1110 small hills that you would die on well here's another one that i that gets my gourd a little bit that's on this same list i hate i hate when people use infamous like it means extra famous it means that you are famous for a bad reason and it's typically not a good thing I learned that the hard way, and now that I've learned it, I, I will die on that hill. <laughs> there was Biopic. One... Oh, I'll die on that hill, too. Here's one that bothers me when I hear it, and actually a, a, a color commentator used this just the other day. Irregardless. Oh. It's not a word. It's just regardless. You don't put the ear. There's no ear. It's, it is, it's already regardless, not irregardless. Uh, can, I give you, can I give a cousin to that one? Resilience versus resiliency. That one bugs you. I hate it when they say we showed resiliency. No, you so you showed resilience. What is your what is resiliency? If I if I say uh, Beth showed intelligence, I don't. Nobody says. Oh no, let me correct you. She showed intelligency. <laughs> How about strategery? <laughs> there's a there's an episode of Family Guy where Stewie gets on that. Like I don't like people who say irregardless. Like, did I sound like Stewie? A little bit. Was yeah, it, that was pretty close. Was it Stewie-esque? There's another one along those lines, um, and this is on the, the BuzzFeed list. Very unique. They claim there are no degrees of uniqueness. Either something is unique or it's not. You can't say, you can say very special or very valuable because there are different levels of that, but not very unique because unique in and of itself is unique. Wait a minute. You know how to catch a unique rabbit? Unique up on it. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized the, the word the intelligence was not a good example. It would have been like reliance. If I show reliance on Beth, then someone would never say you show reliancy. Reliancy. See? Okay. There's one in here, too, about infinitives and words. And this is one I had never heard. So I, I want to know if people are, are going to die on this hill because I need, some, I need some grammar help. So if there are some of the grammarians out there, you stick around till next segment because I need you to call me and help me. Here's one more. We can actually go down much more simplistic routes. This person says, Grease 2 is the superior of the Grease movies. Yeah. I will not die on that hill because all I can think is Michelle Pfeiffer singing, I need a cool writer. <laughs> did y'all just see? I just, did the, I just did the choreography, too. I'll give you I one that I'm sure a... I'm probably the only one on the planet who says this, but I'll say it and I'll stand high atop this hill, even though it's probably underwater. Jaws 2, superior to Jaws 1. Yeah? Mm. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. It's a hot take right there. I gotta think of some hills I'm gonna die on because I just died on all these hills with all these other people. I need to come up with some unique ones and unique up on that rabbit. 704 570 1110. If you wanna tell us what small hill are you always willing to die on? Traffic check right now. Here's Boomer Von Cannon. Jaws 2.
I'm telling you. You're bringing it with that one, man. You, I know. That was a pretty good follow-up. It really well, was. I could have said something like, Bruce Hornsby is not Yacht Rock. But <laughs> You're saving that one. Yeah. That's yeah. a mountain you'll die on. <laughs> That's right. I, I built that mountain. That's Mount Everest for you. <laughs> it's Yacht Rock, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> And for that reason, I'm out. I hate this song. There's a uh, version of this by a band called Resolve. It's kind uh-huh. of the, it's kind I think of it the... was one of your wake-up songs one day, wasn't it? Was it? I think it was. It's so good. You it's love so this song, good. But their 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 remake is good. This version, I'm like, meh. We're talking about hills that uh, you are willing to die on. Uh, and because we've got a list that was generated by BuzzFeed, and you know this is what they do, and, and every once in a while they, they hit on one of these where it, uh, it 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 hits on a lot of us, like it, it it triggers something. We were talking in our last break about things that are hills you'd be willing to die on, and 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 not seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. You look like you have one. Well, I mean, I was I was going back with the the die and on the hill of the chicken wings or. Oh, that was the first chicken one. wings or just chicken nuggets. There was one that um, was in this list, and now I'm looking for it, that I thought was really interesting. And I think we have a grammarian on the line, so I wanted to read this one out loud because he can uh, help me out with it. And it has to do with infinitives. Um, and I know you guys are like, what? What do you mean infinitives? <laughs> you say um, infinitive, I'm gone. Just, uh, just like high school. <laughs> talk amongst yourselves as I as I look for the infinitive. Um, okay. Well, no. Here here are some other ones. Um, well, actually, I made my I made a list of a few here, and and, and you all know about the Bruce Hornsby is not yacht rock, uh, so that's my all time one. But this is another one. Uh, this is a hill I'm willing to die on. Um, I am categorically against people who refuse to go the right way in the parking lot. The wrong. If if you're going down the wrong arrow. In the parking lot aisle, that's yes. that's a that's a that's a fireable offense for me. Yes, I almost got hit by a car doing that because I was backing out of a space and I was only looking the one way because that was the direction that people were going to go. I found the infinitive. I found the infinitive. Listen to this one and see if this one gets on your nerves because I didn't. I I say, I use this term and I didn't know I was doing something wrong. Call this the journalism major in me, but people, especially supposed writers, who use the term in order in front of an infinitive three empty condescending syllables just stop already so what that means is anytime anybody writes or says in order to make this more important because the two is the infinitive in that sentence can i just tell you something (laughs) i am almost 50 years old i still can't tell you what an infinitive is well two two is the infinitive there um uh, I, I, uh, it's any verb that is preceded by the word to is an infinitive. So I guess the infinitive isn't to, it's the verb that comes after it. So in order to make this cake, I use flour. I should just say, according to this person who's dying on this hill, I should just say, to make this cake, I use flour. So the in order is basically useless word wording. But I've said that all the I've said that a lot. In order to make this more understandable, I will say such and such. <gasps> I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> Did y'all know this? Yeah, we've been meaning to bring that one up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Infinitives are my pet peeve. Infinitives. In order are... for this show to stay on time, you have to drop some words. So it's the verb after two. <laughs> yeah. The verb after two is the infinitive. Dan's on line one seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. Hey Dan. Hey. 
So for years, there was a dealership, a car dealership advertising on WCBT, and the ad always said it's the only dealership with the largest inventory. And it got under my skin so bad, I refused to buy a car from them. Oh. Wow. That's Dan, you lost your business. It did. Uh, largest, if it has the largest inventory, it is the only one. Right. You don't need to say it twice. Right. Mm. Look at you. See, grammar matters. Grammar matters, folks. You lose Dan's business with bad grammar. You know what? That that, that gets one on me. Like, I hate the, the when people say especially instead of especially because mm-hmm. there's the, the S, the C is after the S in especially. So it's like special. Dan gave them the business. Dan did give them the business. We're dealing. He gave them the business by not taking his business. But yeah, by not giving them business because he's right that if we're the only with the largest, you could say. Dan did his business on them. Uh, John, you're on line six. Welcome to Good Morning BT. Mm. Oh, good morning, guys, and Miss Beth. Uh, the, uh, hey, John. To infinitive and beyond, I suppose, is uh, the way we'll, we'll preface this. Um, first and foremost, Beth, when you're going through the parking lot, a car almost didn't hit you. A person did. Um, cars don't drive themselves, people. <gasps> That's uh, very that from, true. I learned that from Rush Limbaugh. That's very true. That sounds like someone would punch her then. A person almost hit you. But uh, <laughs> A person but driving then, a car uh, almost hit you. Unless, of course, you're Michael Knight and you're driving Kit. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. You guys have done so many special topics this morning. The, the purpose was the hill to die on and uh, going to city council and talking about the sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, is, it is a true representation of how... How the citizenry feel uh, about their politicians when you have no when you have no local participation, and in this particular instance, you have Wells Fargo, uh, a billion dollar company, for sake of argument, wanting to put something on their skyscraper. Um, city council isn't going to object to that because of the business. I, I may not like it, but I'm not going to go and protest it. And uh, because, I mean, the the council member herself said last night, I can't believe all of us agreed on this. It, it is. It was. It was a done deal. There are just some things they are not going to mess with. And uh, I told I told the call screener. You know, I used to be in government. I had somebody who was uh, who did not like a businessman, and uh, my particular businessman businessman wanted a marquee in our downtown. Our tallest building was seven floors, and uh, this resident lived on a hill who could not see the business in question. But he protested that marquee because he didn't like the gentleman saying that the lights would keep him awake at night. Oh, mm. so he, oh. I like how he was on a hill. That works with his conversation really well. It actually really, really, well. really does. And, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if they have a public forum but no one shows up, did the public forum really happen? Right, it's like when the tree <laughs> falls in the woods that's and right. no one's there to hear it, did it make a sound? Or can you die on a hill that's not there to begin with? You just die in the valley. You know, John was talking about the uh, the skyscraper that was seven stories. Did, did it make anybody else think about <laughs> this? The musical Oklahoma and that that song. Everything's up to date in Kansas City. Wait a minute. A seven. That's, that's an oxymoron. That's, a seven story skyscraper. That's what I was thinking. Right. Well, that's in the song. So I've gone and built a skyscraper seven stories high. Do y'all not remember that song? Uh, no. From Oklahoma? Have y'all not seen that? I was gassed on you. Yeah, but it's been a while. We've got two of them over there. I'm too busy watching Jaws 2. <laughs> Sorry. All right, back I'm to the so news center. I'm disappointed in you guys. <laughs> yeah. well, a seven-story skyscraper, that's yeah. like uh, that's a, a top-of-the-curb scraper. <laughs> We're going to find that song. You're coming back with Oklahoma. Oh, no. oh yeah, because I, re- I have it on the ready over here. <laughs>
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Everything's up to date in Kansas City. They've gone about as far as they can go. They went and built a skyscraper seven stories high, about as high as a building or a garage. I just feed into it. Turn the it's like steering into the skid. Lean into it. You found it. Now you guys all are going to be singing Oklahoma all day. He's doing this to stop you from singing it, probably. <laughs> I figure if he plays it, he'll preemptively stop it. I did actually sing this during the entire commercial break, because then I looked at Jim and I said, do I sing too much? <laughs> do I, Don't make me sing. Do I talk too much? Uh, nobody asked you to sing. All right, I'll sing. We actually are getting a lot of feedback on uh, this, this subject. Uh, how, why am I surprised? I said this is a subject built for us. It really is. The the small hills in life that you're willing to die on. Yes, and I love the messages we're getting. Alan sent us a message at gmbtshow.com, and he said, here's a classic hill to die on. Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. That's not even up for debate. I mean, Sean O'Connell shut that one down years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, because ne- it, it, it happens at Christmas. Now, that's a skyscraper, though. <laughs> Seven stories high. It's a little more than seven stories. Um, let's see. Somebody, uh, and I just kind of said this one under the radar, um, but someone heard me because they said, to add to what Bo said, not only do I hate it when people go the wrong way in a parking lot, I hate it when they cut across the lanes, almost hit you, and then look at you like you're the idiot. Yes. That almost happened to me at Target the other day. And I, I have to admit that the, the parking lot is designed poorly because it's hard to get out of you Target. You you were a Target? I was a, I was a Target at Target at, target. Target. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. the Target. Kevin said, there is no way Dunkin' Donuts are better than Krispy Kreme Donuts. I have to agree. Now, see, yeah. I don't feel like you have to die on either hill. It is okay to say I like Krispy Kreme and I like Dunkin'. Yeah, it's, it's just like I like donuts. It'd be different. If it was like, yeah. <laughs> That's it right I mean, there. Like, <laughs> how do you mess up a donut? It's pretty we, tough. Bo, we need a sports one here. Katri caught it. I went back and looked at that the other day. That ball <laughs> never hits the ground in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Kachiri has the ball. Like, he's juggling it, but he never, it never touches the ground, and he secures the catch. And they lost? They were, it was early, actually early in the Super Bowl, and it's like 3 nothing I think, at this time. And um, What Super Bowl was this? 50, where the Panthers are playing at Denver, or against Denver in San Francisco. The football one. In Santa Clara. Oh, so when they were playing football, <laughs> gotcha. But it was, a, it no. was, it was, and the, and the reason it's a big deal is it was like about a 25 yard pass. Is like on the next play or two, Cam Newton gets sacked and fumbles, and then they go on to score, and it goes 10 nothing, and the game just got out of hand basically early. They had other chances to get back in it, but that was such a polarizing moment. And <gasps> it's one of those things like you look at it, they review it. And they, it's weird when they come back and you just know they're going to fix it, and they don't. And they didn't. And it's a Super Bowl, and we don't go to the Super Bowl often around here. Yeah. I would die on that hill. There's yeah. a hill I would die on. It has to do with with cars. And as John corrected me, you know, it's people who are driving cars. So I, I absolutely, my, oh, it just gets in my crawl. 
when people go slow in the left lane and they don't move over when there's a whole line of traffic behind them trying to get around them. That causes more accidents, I think, than people speeding. I mean, I mean, excessive speeding, that's one thing. But, I, but when people just are blocking up the roadway, 77 mm-hmm. is horrible for this because there are only two lanes you can get in unless you want to pay $150 billion to get in that. Wow, that's a lot. To that's get a, in that's that a toll large lane. Toll. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the sign say that. <laughs> that just gets, gets my I thought it was like a dollar and a half. Really? Is that much? (laughs) You're seeing a few more zeros than I did. Well, it's hard to drive fast in the left lane while you're texting, so that's probably part of why. Yes, and stop texting. (laughs) You can tell when people are texting because the car starts wobbling. You see people wobble, and then suddenly they're going 60 miles an hour in a 70-mile-an-hour zone (laughs) and hanging out in the left lane. I will die on that hill. The far left lane, the toll lane, you know, you can just say, the, the toll is $1 million. And <laughs> you can go as fast as you want over there. Nobody's over there. There's like a car because that's the billionaire that can afford the toll. You know, the one part of the toll lane that I like is the part that dumps you off of t- 277 when you're going back into Oh, it's like uptown. a sliding board. It is. It's like a sliding board. <laughs> I agree. Like I, I've never actually articulated this way. But I, I, that, I, I that, that's worth it to me. When you drive down it, because I do, I go, wee, and then you, like, wave at that, everybody. That's where, we, that's where we break. So that's a hill you like. Yeah. As opposed to a hill to die on. It's a hill I'll slide down. See? <laughs> I see what you did there. All this talk about who's going to be the next to live in the house, in the city, on the hill. The shining city on the hill, right? See, I'm working into what we're talking about, mm-hmm. to where we're going, crossing the streams. Brett Winterbull joins us now. You're a great American. You know what? I I, I am. And you are uh, phenomenal Americans, actually. Aww. Wow, That's a hill I'll let you die on. <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> I want to thrive on the hill. We're going to all thrive on the hill together. Do you have, since we're, we're uh, meshing the yes. two topics together, is there a hill that Brett Winterbull always is willing to die on? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, what is it? I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Now, this is a, this is a highly inflammatory uh, topic, and I'm, I'm well aware of this. Um, I refuse to have breakfast for dinner ever i will not i will it makes me sad it makes me sad i can't i'm sorry i know you waffle housers who go out there drink until 3 a.m you want to go and have your breakfast for dinner and all that no thank you i need separated foods across the day breakfast food for breakfast lunch food for lunch and dinner food for dinner. I usually drink my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's look, good to have you here, Hunter. I, I will say... <laughs> <laughs> oh, under the radar, a little quip there. I will say this. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm all about breakfast any time of day, but I cannot do the reverse. I can't, like, have spaghetti or uh, lasagna yeah. or pizza for breakfast. I can. Oh. I, I can. I'll eat calamari for breakfast. You know, you name it. Uh, I will absolutely put an egg on spaghetti (laughs) and eat it for breakfast with hot sauce. There's some carbonara. But I will tell you, we we disagree on this one. There is a pancake breakfast every year in um, Concord. The Boys and Girls Club puts it on. It's a huge deal. And it goes on all day long. And you can go and get their pancakes for dinner Mm -hmm. with, like, the sausage patty and, like, a big glass of milk. And there's something that's, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's kid-like maybe to have breakfast for dinner. What town is this in? What this town is, is this in? This is Concord. This is Concord, oh, right next. You know door. what? 
You know what? Wait, wait, to, wait to turn the people of Concord against Winterville here, okay? I mean, what, what are you doing? That's not – I'm not counting charity breakfasts. I agree with Beth. My God. What, that she's turning against me? No, <laughs> that you're crazy on this breakfast issue. Well, let me say that there's a second thing. I have, I, now, I have a subordinated clause next to this uh, major clause. And, and, and here's the thing. I refuse to shop. I refuse to shop in the supermarket after 1 o'clock in the afternoon because the amateurs are all walking around and they're sweaters and their slippers and their half shirts and, and all this. I don't need this. I need professional shoppers, and that means I'm going between 7 a.m. and at a max 9 a.m. After that, it's all amateurs. Totally agree. Yes, 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 and yes. I go between 10 and noon. Those are the prime hours for me. You, you know, you know what goes on between 10 and noon at, at supermarkets? The Vince Coakley show. F- food, food fondling. Okay, the people are picking the they're picking the meat up. They're looking at it. The fish. What is that? Is that redfish? What is that? Forget it. I'll just go make pancakes for breakfast, uh, not dinner. I mean, it's really come on now. Food all this fondling. Talk, all this talk about you, food. I, Mark, I would figure you would know about food fondling, given all the the the. the Filthy restaurant Fridays. Don't fondle my pork chop. When they see Mark coming, they stop fondling the food is what they do. (laughs) Give me that sausage. All this talk about food reminds me that Crossing the Stream is brought to you by PhD Wayne. You betcha, buddy. That's right. We love hey. Huge fans of Ashley Lucas and the incredible people who have transformed so many people's lives. And I can guarantee you right now, Ashley Lucas is not telling you to go eat breakfast for dinner, have a salad for dinner, shed those pounds, go ask Pete Callender. That's actually true. But you can put like a boiled egg on your salad. I love boiled I Look, boiled eggs are great. They're fine. That, that, is, that is the one, let's be honest here. That is the one sort of optional thing, right? Because you can have an egg salad sandwich mm. for, uh, you can have it for breakfast, you can have it for lunch, you can have it for dinner, but please grab a bottle of Lavoris before you start breathing <laughs> that sulfur breath on me. Lavoris, how about that, Mark Garrison? Hey. Taking you back to the pioneer days, right? Yeah. Right I like Sepacol. <laughs> Isn't that the stuff you use for a sore throat? I so. hey, oh, my God. Hey, I'm going to take a page out of Winterville's book. Uh, I'm going to be both. I'm going to be Bo and, and Brett. Brett, what's coming up on your show today? Not this. You know what's ironic about this? That's a little Larry Buckhorn right there. <gasps> Larry is good. And I said earlier, a hill that I will always be willing to die on, Bruce Hornsby is not yet rock. Neither so tried to pick up those upbeat songs. Is this him jamming? Well, the song's called King of the Hill. Yeah. Talking about hills you're willing to die on. That's just the way it is. That's right. <laughs> this is Yacht Rock. Not to rehash a show from last year, but just let's all agree. This is Yacht Rock. Right? 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 You will find You know, it's so weird. That sounds just like Larry Buckhorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we got a lot Big of emails. Huge difference. <laughs> we got a lot of emails on this this morning because we were talking last hour, and this is a, a BuzzFeed article about hills, small hills in life you are willing to die on. So basically, the little things that just get in your craw, and you want people to you, you'll you'll fight tooth and nail. We've been getting so many messages. I love y'all out there so much. Mike sent a message to us at GMBT Show at WBT.com. And I am on this hill with you, Mike. I will plant my flag in this hill. Here we go. It drives me nuts when people say, could care less. 
if they could care less, they there is more left to care. <laughs> the phrase is actually couldn't care less. That's from Mike. And Mike, you're 100% right. It is couldn't care less. If you say I could care less, that means you could. Mm-hmm. That means there's more care left to give. And you're basically negating what you're trying to say. That'd be a good counter argument when someone says that to you. to just say it just like you did for 10 minutes. They'll <laughs> always walk away in defeat. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I'm I'm obsessed with you, Mike. Yes, my flag is in this hill with you. We will stand on it together. Justin uh, says uh, self checkouts should require a license. <laughs> you would put a flag on that hill. I would put a flag, I, I, and I would help distribute those licenses. I feel like we're just like covering every topic that's happened in the last two years as being things that annoy people. I know this is like this is why uh, the phones and the email. Have you gotten a tipping one yet? <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I'm sure it's coming because you know the random fees and things on uh, on cards these days. The random hidden fees that mm. that I die on that hill. Tracy sent us a message that said, "Good morning, BT." Beth, I will die on that hill with you about those people who drive slow in the fast lane. There you go. That's and, a hill. And uh, Ranger Prime says, <laughs> to add to what Bo said, not only do I hate it when people go the wrong way in the parking lot, I hate it when they cut across the lanes, almost hit you, and I just realized I'd read that last segment. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and then they look at you like you're an idiot. I just <laughs> Well, but that's it. I hate people to start the same story they already told. <laughs> I just realized I pulled the wrong one. Bo is the host oh, of the show, God. but he doesn't listen to it. Good story, listen. Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Liked it the first time better. Uh, let's go to Bob. Bob, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. I hey, just, good morning, guys. What's up, Bob? Love your show. Oh, hey, thank you. We were talking earlier about um, about Die Hard. You know, is it a Christmas movie? Oh yeah, we had a person um, who said that they would die on that hill. That Die Hard is absolutely a Christmas movie. See, that was can, Alan. You can repeat things on this show. <laughs> I'm a trendsetter. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to verify that it is. And I got it from a reliable source. I, uh, years ago, I was doing some charity work, got to meet the guy who ran the music department at Fox. Anyway, we, I was out there one time. He invited me over for lunch. So we had lunch, and then we went to the studio, the, the sound stages, and Bruce Willis was there, who happened to be this guy's you know, like best friend from the old day, their old days in New York. Anyway. What? He, he hung out with us on the soundstage for a few minutes, and they were scoring the third one. I think it's Live Free or Die Hard. Mm-hmm. And um, if you remember that scene where the he, he, Willis, is in the cop car, and it comes out of screaming out of that tunnel in New York and flies up and hits this helicopter about oh. 10 feet off the ground, oh, yeah. maybe. Oh, yeah. He looks over at me, and he goes, eh, could happen, but... <laughs> <laughs> the real point of it is I looked at him and I said, Bruce, can I ask you one fan question? And he said, the answer is yes to both questions. One, yes, you can ask me a fan question. And two, yes, it is a Christmas movie. <gasps> no way. So Bruce Willis says it's a Christmas movie. So now the argument is done. Done. That's it. We're done. That trumps your little Sean O'Connell story, Bo. <laughs> Bob, you are awesome. I kind of want to go hang out with Bob. He's just hanging out on sound Yeah, we might see Bruce Fox. Willis or somebody cool. I <laughs> know. Stay tuned for our next segment when I invite Bob on the show again. <laughs> <laughs> we have a caller, Bob, on the line who has a comment about Die Hard. <laughs> Bob, you're awesome. That's like the greatest call. Bruce Willis believes that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I want to make a movie and just tell everybody it's a Christmas movie and just because like, Bruce Willis told me directly. Yeah, that's way better. That's way cool. I want to be Bob's friend.
Bob, uh, call again anytime, even next segment. Even Chuck Norris said it was a Christmas movie. (laughs) Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. (laughs) The Hill... That you're willing to die on, even small ones. We all have those small hills that we would always die on, right? Bruce Hornsby is not Yacht Rock. That's um, mine. Bear Thompson, I have to point out, we just got a message from our listener, Allison, at GMBT Show at WBT.com. Mm, I and I'm really going to like Allison already. Allison says, I took this picture last summer while on my screened-in porch listening to Yacht Rock. On iHeartRadio, she took a screenshot, and the screenshot says, Across the river, Bruce Hornsby in the range. Mm. Oh, that's even... Yacht Rock Radio! I've told you all before, if you're going to even try to put them in that category, (laughs) Mandolin Rain, maybe. Every Little Kiss, maybe. But not Across the River. Mm. It's not. She's not saying it. It's the computer. The screenshot says Yacht Rock Radio. Well, Jeeves is an an idiot. It was on Yacht Rock Radio. Read. (laughs) Reed, you're on, you're on News hey, Talk. Hey, Reed. Rescue me, Reed. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, somebody needs rescuing. This, <gasps> this is this is Reed, listener since 1957. Oh. One of my, one of my, I was six years old. One of my biggest beefs is bad grammar in country music. <gasps> oh, my mother was a fifth grade school teacher and taught us really good grammar. Yes. And I started listening to country music. And I thought, why are they talking like that? Oh, it just grates on me anytime there's it just it, it's all over. I and it happens in in mainstream radio now too. And I'm with you. My mom was a grammarian. Like she worked really hard uh-huh. with us on speaking properly, writing properly. And th- th- when you start noticing it, I'm with you. It it almost makes your ears itch, right, Reed? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it feels like somebody's stabbing me in the head. <laughs> wow. Uh, well. That could be that could be a country song. That's a great yeah, that's description. Right. That's a great description, Reed. Well, you know the the old joke about uh, country music. Uh, you play it backwards, you get your dog back, you get your car back, you get your wife back. Yep. yep. <laughs> Another somebody done somebody wrong song, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, there it is again. Oh, I can't stand it. Well, speaking. She got run over by a damn old train. Uh, <laughs> speaking of grammar, Charlotte sent us a message. Um, at GMBT show at WBT.com. I say it over and over again so that people remember the address. She said, regarding grammar, when did the word agreeance replace agree? I rarely hear about people agreeing anymore. Instead, I hear about people being in agreeance. I have yeah. not heard that. That makes my ears itch because wouldn't it be being in agreement? Yeah, mm-hmm. agreeance. I, I actually, I sh- I'm right with her on that because I've seen even that. Heard it. That's like awful. I, every time I hear somebody say it, I wonder: is that a made up word? It, it has to be. Agreeance, it, isn't it? Agreement. Mm-hmm. And then Bernie got a call a little bit earlier who asked a question about why I say something. And I've used this phrase every once in a while where I say we're efforting having somebody on. Yeah, now, yeah. I know that that's a made-up word. I know who I heard. Well, I don't know if he's the guy who made it up. It's the first time I ever heard it. I used to listen to Dan Patrick when he used to have his radio show, when he used to do a show on ESPN. And he had his producer's name was Phil the Show Killer. Yeah. And he... They did a whole segment about how he made up this word called efforting. They said, are such and so going to be on the show? I'm efforting, Dan. I'm, and I've always thought, I, I like the sound of the word, but I don't know if it's a real word. 
But somebody called and said, why does Bo say efforting? There you go, Bernie. It's Dan Patrick's fault. Let's and, see. And really, Phil, the show killer. Efforting definition. Let's see. I follow uh, Merriam-Webster on Instagram, so let's see. <laughs> no, Merriam-Webster follows you. <laughs> I wish. Um, effort uh, is a, of course, noun. Let's see if there are any, any, any versions of the word that become efforting. Effort, 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 effort. You are efforting finding out. I'm, I'm efforting to find this word for you to help you out. Um, going along with the uh, the grammar, uh, the, the the grammar issues that people have from the list. We all start this whole conversation started because of a BuzzFeed list of hills that people are small hills people are willing to die on. Here is one that people probably. Some people might, it might get in their craw. What drives me crazy is people confusing the words burglary and robbery. They are not interchangeable. A robbery is against a person and usually involves violence, and a burglary is against a building. Burglary versus robbery. Mm -hmm. That gets in people's, that that bugs people. I'm trying to think um, the, uh, the one that really gets me is uh, verb conjugations. And so uh, when people say and said, I should have gone to the grocery store, when they say I should have went to the grocery store, that one gets me. And um, the other one that people, a lot of people don't know, it's drink, drank, drunk. And so it's not I should have drank the water. It's I should have drunk the water. And people think that sounds funny because you're saying the word drunk. <laughs> what about where are you? Where are you versus where are you at? Oh, because you can't, you're not supposed to end a sentence with a preposition. Mm -hmm. These are the weird grammar, the weird grammar things that, uh, that my mom made. It's like sandpaper on your tongue. Tim, yeah. Tim's online too. Welcome to Good Morning BT. Hey guys. Uh, yeah. When did we become so lazy as a people that aroni is too much to say? We just go mac and cheese. Oh, instead of macaroni and cheese. Yes. One, I die on the hill weekly. What a cute hill to die on. <laughs> cute hill. That's a well, cute hill. If you do it with pepperoni, it would be a whole different food. I'll just have pepper. Thank you, Zoki. That's the other point I was going to make. We don't oh. say pizza. Yeah. Okay, we're thinking on the same wavelength. I like that. Yeah, well, you know. Pepperoni, macaroni. All right. Tim. Are there any other Ronies? <laughs> I wrote a. Sh this is a stupid story, but I wrote a short story in tenth uh, grade, I think, and it was about Mac. But she a has it right here with her. <laughs> <laughs> You're in this pile. <laughs> no. Let she... me read it to you now. She has it memorized. <laughs> it was about Mac A Rony and his brother Pep. <laughs> what are the odds? Is I that... wrote a whole story about oh, it. Of course, you wrote a whole story about what that caller randomly just came up with. Uh, well, we go from Tim to Jim. You, when you just said that, the lines lit up. Oh, short stories with Bowen Beck. Talking about Mac A. Roney. Jim, real quick, uh, we'll squeeze you in here. What's going on, man? Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Hey. Good. The, the the thing that really bothers me, and my family laughs at me because of this is how we have changed the meaning of the word dope. Oh, like when people are like, you know, that's Something dope. that used to mean, you know, not smart, stupid, not intelligent, uh, you know, a bad thing to do, all of a sudden means great, wonderful, terrific. And I, I know the origins of it because it's tied to the glorification of marijuana use, yeah, yeah. especially in rap and hip-hop music, but it really, really bothers me when somebody says, oh, that's dope. I'm like, no, you're, it's wonderful. It's great. It's not dope. <laughs> Why do you think they call it dope? <laughs> All right, Jim. I love these little hills that people want to die on. This is like a little window into people's souls, and it's fantastic. That was a dope phone call. <laughs>
Jim hates you now. If I say the reverse, he's going to be mad too. He was such a dope. Well, what do you want? What do you want, Jim? At least you didn't say it was dopey. That's true. Or they was doing dope. Yeah, can we still talk about the the seven dwarfs because of the dopey? Is that is that mean to be calling him dopey? Or is he cool now? Is dopey cool? You're, you're looking at me like I know the answer I know, to this. I don't know. They, they've rewritten a lot of Disney <laughs> things. You're overthinking this. <laughs> bet. <laughs> yeah, bet. Bet. You know, we might have to finally put a label on what we're doing here. We have the rabbit hole days. Yes. Then we have days where we just can't escape a topic, you know? By the way, uh, Kevin just uh, texted me. Our buddy Kevin says, play a little uh, Wild Frontier and see if they think it's Yacht Rock. He's right. This is Hornsby. This is not Yacht Rock. Is this Yacht Rock? I thought this was Metallica. (laughs) See? Well, (laughs) it rocks that hard. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you very much. But this is one of those topics. (laughs) I love you so much. Um, Michael, Michael sent us a message about this very topic, and I wasn't going to read it, but now I kind of have to. He said, y'all are going to make Bo cry and take his stuff and go home if you don't quit picking no. on Bruce Hornsby and no, Yacht Rock. No, no, we've done this before. <laughs> we did it. We did it six months ago, and I told you then, and I'll tell you now. No one will ever make me think this is Yacht Rock. In fact, I will, I will happily, over the 50,000 watts, proclaim it. To be so. You will die on this hill. I will die on this hill atop of Freedom Drive and Wilkinson Boulevard on the top of the Moorhead Street Hill. <laughs> I will die on the hill. So you can't picture a guy like in a Hawaiian shirt with a drink in his hand listening to this? I totally I can. I totally can. Flip-flops. Yep. Flip-flops. No, Flip-flops no. and Crocs, Crocs. linen pants. Mm. No, if that's what you want, we can give you that. But that's not what we're talking about. I mean, if you want this, you can have this. Oh. This is sitting in the, the shirt you're talking about. I love this song. Huge difference. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> hey. I was tired of my lady. What's so great? <laughs> no, no, what's so great is y'all think y'all are, like the caller thinks that I'm mad. I'm not. It, it is what it is. You all can just all be wrong. It's just... debate. I think, yeah, I think Yacht Rock is debatable. It's a fine line. Well, I think, I think Allison put the exclamation point on it when she sent us a screenshot of her computer whilst listening to a station called Yacht Rock, and it was a Bruce Hornsby song. I love you so much. We did so a federal investigation. But this is what's so great about this topic is there are so many hills that people are willing, these tiny little anthills that people are willing to die on. We've gone from Yacht Rock. <laughs> I think we figured it out. So we have rabbit hole days yeah. and we have hills that we can't die on. <laughs> hills that won't die. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Hills that won't die. Hills that won't die. That's it. We just we just created a new category today. The Wainiac is even chiming in because we were talking. We've been we've had callers call in about grammar, people who have um, pet peeves about words. The Wainiac even uh, chimed in and he said, "I hate it when people say things like Beth and me went to the movies. Leave out the name of the other person to see how awful that sounds because you wouldn't say me went to the movies." Yeah, I see a lot of that. The me and the I thing gets interchanged too much. And then it's also not me or I in front of the other person's name. You should be second. Now, uh, Alan, Alan said, thanks See? to Bob. It won't die. Alan says, thanks to Bob, I now find a new hill. I'm guessing Bob and the uh, Bob and the Christmas movie Die Hard uh, argument, whether or not it's a uh, Christmas movie. 
Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> Stick to the, the rivers and lakes that you're used to. Gary. Gary sent us a message at oh, gmbtshow at wbt.com. He says that flammable and inflammable are interchangeable. I don't think I've ever said inflammable. That's <laughs> like the silence. That's the tweet. <laughs> like we're hitting the, the hook. We're hitting the hook. That's the one. Can you right. switch off the song to like Little River Band or something? I'm just, I'm, yacht just, rock? I'm just reinforcing that it's not Bruce Hornsby. That's, that's what I'm doing. 704-570-1110. It's the hill that won't die. <laughs> I love But then, but then at 9 o'clock, it's the, the what is it? The, uh, the hill it, that will kill us? The, <laughs> Nothing left to say, but here's Boomer. Hey, what is uh, Jim? You mentioned what Little River Band? Little River Band. That's like, yacht rock. Like Cool Change. Yeah, like all that. That's that's definitely uh, oh, yeah. yacht rock, don't you yeah. think? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How about Buffett come Monday? Of yeah, course, that's, anything that's Buffett, rock. Little River Band. How about uh, Bruce Hornsby? That's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the way it is. It is what it is. That is totally different hard rocking music. You don't understand <laughs> really the difference is. between the two. I mean, the guy later played with a lot of Grateful Dead. Did he? Didn't Hornsby play with the dead there for he a while? He did. Absolutely he did. Yeah, not quite yacht rock. Exactly. Thank you, Boomer. I like I like the language you're speaking here. <laughs> I got my hush puppies on. I guess I never was meant Is this Bruce Hornsby? It is not Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> oh, she is Parrot got Heads you Unite. In her sights now. Parrot Heads Unite. She's just peppering you now. <laughs> That's right. He, she couldn't stand it that Boomer was coming from my defense. <laughs> <laughs> I need my flip-flops now, man. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Bruce Hornsby does not own flip-flops. No, no. Not no. a good day for the flip-flops no. out there. No, anyways. Sir, no, sir. <laughs> There's fins to the left and fins to the right. There they are. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. We coined the new phrase, the hill that won't die. And it won't. It's like uh, it's like you said uh, you said this off the air, the Garfish show. Yes. <laughs> they talked about garfish, and I thought that was going to be like, you know. A segment? Barely a filling out a segment, and people came out of the woodwork. They came out of the water. Right. We, I, I know more about gar than I know about maybe anything. Let's go to David real quick here. David's been uh, waiting on the line one seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten. Hi, David. Hey, how's it going? Hey, we're going great. Yeah. Is that a word? Okay. I have one, then I have a question about one of best. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Oh, I'm nervous. Yeah. I, okay. First, mine is businesses that don't open when they say they're going to open. Uh, if it says nine on the door, it needs to be open at nine. Yes. Yes. And what I want to do is take like a magic marker, and if they open at 908, I want to put 908 on the door. Let's be literal. I, I, I like would it. love that, David. That's hilarious. Okay. And my question about yours is yeah. about people going slow in the fast lane. Yeah. Okay. Let's say the speed limit is 60 miles an hour. Yeah. How fast do I need to be going that entitles me to be in that lane? Well, what I think is if you see somebody behind you that is right there, you just get over and let them pass, and then you can get back over in the left lane if you want to. And not always you can. Sometimes you get over, then the cars in the left lane are going so fast, you never can get back. See, my thing is I use some of cruise control, 9 or 11. So if it's 60, I'll set for 69. But obviously that's not good enough because people, you know, 
rob my butt, go around me, give me evil looks, and, you know, all that. I'm like, I'm going non-over. Isn't that good? Does not entitle me to be in the fast lane? You know, I don't know if it's a. I don't know if it's necessarily. I think it's more of a. If there's somebody behind you wanting to go faster, if they want to get a speeding ticket, let them get a speeding ticket, and you just get over. And then, uh, if maybe everybody on the right hand side lane, maybe they've got their speedometer set on cruise control at 69, and you'll be fine in the right lane. Eh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I love David so much. David's my new favorite caller. He's my call of the day. He's, uh, I think I always saw it like a, as a passing lane. So if you're not passing, you shouldn't be sitting over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just hanging out at a certain. Doesn't matter, 69, 72, whatever. You shouldn't be over there unless you're passing somebody. We got a message from a, a listener that said in South Carolina, they say, get over that the left lane is a passing lane. Yep. It's only for passing. This whole topic is a side show itself. I mean, we could do a whole show on what you're talking about right there. Um, and again, uh, you may say, I <laughs> just looked up at the screen, people saying, pet peeves. Well, Bo and Beth have uh, they've, they've changed it from pet peeve to hill that won't die. The hill that won't die. But that's die. what we do. You know? we, we, Beside we, the hill, now get off my lawn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would like to read a message from Tracy really quickly because uh, a, a few segments ago, one of the words that, that annoyed somebody was the word efforting. Somebody called yeah. in and said, why do you use the word efforting? So here. But, and, and by you, she means me. Tracy. Tracy <laughs> says, what does efforting mean in the Urban Dictionary? And then she, she, she links us to it. Then she said they had four possible definitions, but this was my favorite. Efforting, a made-up word used only by newscasters to show off that they're doing the job they're paid to do. Wow. Oh. <laughs> but it was always said tongue-in-cheek. That was the whole point so of it. So you're right? efforting a morning show here. Oh, oh wow. Who's the news guy on that morning show? <laughs> oh, He's now, efforting, too. You're effort- <laughs> We're efforting to get to you on time right now. Eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. Only one thing left to do now. Bring in the, the gov. That's going to take a lot a of lot effort. A lot of effort. <laughs> All right. There's an effort. Hey, hey, by the way, don't forget, tomorrow we are going to uh, we'll be here for this show, and then Beth and I will be at the Hood Hargett Luncheon at Char Bar, uh, moderating a discussion between Charlotte City Manager Marcus Smith and, Char- and County Manager Dina DiOrio. And then on Friday, we'll be live on location from the Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue. It's a big week, boys. It is. And that's just this week. What do we tell you about next week? <laughs> Stay with us. The Gov is coming up. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'll treat you with good old-fashioned common sense and nothing else. The movement of everyday Americans from every walk of life. Now we've got momentum. This is the tipping point. Now we've got a movement. This is 300-level college education. Exercise of common sense. Time to play the game! This is expensive stuff that you're getting for free. This is part of the movement of common sense. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. Governor of the Tar Heel State, Pat McCrory. Me now, North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory. Governor, North Carolina so. Governor Pat McCrory is joining us for the first time as an official NBC News contributor. Joining us now with North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory. Four years as NC Governor. This is quite an honor for me today. I'm overwhelmed, and I'm honored to be on the main street of our beautiful capital city. The Boy Scouts in the audience, and they may 
to be getting scared. We served together when I was governor of Indiana, and, and uh, he did a great job. Pat McCrory. I honestly, uh, Bo, I don't, I don't know how good he is on radio. You'll have to tell him that I said that. Get back, Loretta. Y'all, this is Pat McCrory. <laughs> That's more fun than being the governor, ain't it? <laughs> Isn't that amazing, Bo Thompson? That six months ago, we had like 10 people running for the Republican presidency. Mm. And there are only three left. And we've only had one election in which less than 200,000 people have voted in the state of Iowa. This is our democracy. And the Democrats don't even have an election in Iowa anymore. And that race is over. So... You know how you hear a lot from the Trump people that the fix is in? Well, maybe it is, including for Trump, including for Biden. The fix is in. After only one election. And I think it was around 110,000 people. 110,000 people. Lower turnout because of the weather. Okay, say it would have been 200,000. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm reinforcing what yeah. you're saying, is it's a small sample size. But all these people who spent millions upon millions of dollars and sweat equity and campaign volunteers, and they're gone, including the former vice president of the United States, who was just on the beginning introduction of this segment. He quit three months before the first ballot was cast, very similar to Kamala Harris, who is now our vice president running for reelection. So you're you, saying you Mike, can't make this stuff up. So you're saying Mike Pence is going to be the, the vice presidential candidate. No, <laughs> but it just shows the game. You know, I've played the game. I've been played by the game and I'm here to expose the game and the game is broken. The game is broken. There's a duopoly of two major parties and it's it maybe is rigged within each party right now. Now you got two left standing. You got Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, who after Iowa, they both came in a far distant second, and they both declared victory. This has been going on since the 60s. After Iowa and the New Hampshire, the big momentum word. Because all you're doing is playing to the national media. That's the game, is who gets the momentum out of Iowa after only 100,000 people vote. It's a game. It's a total game. And this is talking about electing the most powerful person, not only in the United States of America, but in the world. And we're doing it by 100,000 people voting on the coldest damn day of the year. And then half the people drop out before any vote is cast. Think about poor Asa Hutchinson. <laughs> he got like 175 votes, and he's been running for a year. Asa Hutchinson... By the way, who was well qualified to be president of the United States, he was governor, he was a congressman, he's been a businessman, he's been in security, military. He got 175 votes. He ran out of money. He could write a thank you note to every single person who voted for him. Gosh. <laughs> he could actually write a thank you note and get it, send it out. And, and I know the egos of these guys because I've had it. And you've had it too, running. You think... Yes, you have. Anyone who runs for a political office. I any, was so young. I don't think I was old enough to have an ego yet. It no, was, you I was one. idealistic. Already, I had rose-colored glasses. 
every politician who runs for office kind of reminds me of every radio person, like <laughs> Bo Thompson. Oh, see, I knew it was going to work back around to something they aimed think, at me. They think they're special and are going to be found no matter what. <laughs> Even if the polls are against them, the ratings are against them, everything's gone against them, don't worry. Give me another day, and they're going to find how special I am. I found you, Bo. Thank you. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Absolutely. We all think we're going to be found in our work. Don't worry. The boss is going to recognize me. They just haven't seen my work yet, my <laughs> special quality. That's what Asa Hutchinson was thinking until the last vote. Was cast. That's what, what's the guy's name who just quit the campaign? Vivek Ramaswamy. 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 <laughs> yeah, whatever. He thought he was special. And he, and he would get 40 or 50 people, and he got a lot of free media. A lot of free media. You know, he's very wealthy, and he didn't spend a lot of his money. He got a lot of free media, and he went, I'm special. I'm big on YouTube. Everyone likes what I say. I'm going to upset everyone, and I guarantee he thought that the day before. Well, so two nights ago, he said, I'm not getting out of the race even, even if I lose. Then he came in fourth, and this was last night. Make America great again. Vote for this man right here in the New Hampshire primary. God bless you and your families, and may God bless our United States of America. Thank you, New Hampshire. You know it's who good reminds to see you guys. Me. You know who reminds me of? Don King. Remember the old boxing promoter, Don uh -huh. King? Yeah. He'd walk into the ring with one boxer and leave with the other boxer, <laughs> whoever won. <laughs> Man, you remember, they'd, yeah. remember the Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Foreman fights from way oh, back yeah. when? Oh, yeah. Don King would switch sides. The minute the, the guy, before the 10 count. That man <laughs> over there, never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> he walks right out. They're all like Don King. And I've seen that before, too. When I've won, all of a sudden you have all these new friends that hated your guts the day before. And when you lose, you know, when I lost the Senate race, we had the goodbye at the Selwyn Pub. I walked home by myself from the Selwyn Pub. Here I was running a U.S. Senate campaign. I just did NBC Live, national TV, prime time. And then my brother goes, do you want to ride home? And I went, nah, I think I'll just walk back from the Selwyn pub. By the way, I hadn't been drinking or anything, but I should have. <laughs> you should have but been here, drinking? Here, here you think you're running for the U.S. Senate. The next minute you're just walking home from the Selwyn pub. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, and you've seen this in radio, you know, one minute. You know, I've seen some good friends of mine in this studio. Your good friend, my good friend, Danny Fontana, uh -huh. one day they're, busting their butt right here and then they leave and they go start a new radio show and john moore and i went with him yeah <laughs> and no one was listening and yet he gave it everything he had yep he did he gave it every i mean i went on his show with with you on the board mm -hmm. and danny pretended everyone was listening and no one was listening no one could even get the signal and he's a great guy. I miss him dearly. He was in my Bible study. But he gave it everything he can, just like Hutchinson gave it everything he had until the last second. And in reality, just bam, 175 people voted for him. After all that effort. And this is after money. being governor and a congressman and, you know, having security. And he probably walked home from the 
Downtown Des Moines Selwyn Pub. (laughs) 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 And goes, what the heck did I just do? That happened to me the the night that I made my concession speech, quote unquote, yeah. when I ran for Congress. Yeah. The only people left in the building were my mom and dad. So yeah. I sat there. My speech was, Mom, Dad, <laughs> thanks for your support. <laughs> it's kind of awkward. Isn't it? Yes. And they went, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> they said, we didn't vote for we, you. We didn't vote for you. Yeah. What are you talking about? Who are you? Well, uh, my biggest scare running was, my biggest scare running for city council the first time way back when was not getting... But one vote, and they'd know it was you voting for yourself, and you find out your wife doesn't even vote for you. (laughs) I mean, that was really my nightmare, waking up in a sweat. It's the embarrassment of having no one vote for you. Mm -hmm. I get it. God bless America. God bless Boomer Von Cannon. (laughs) (laughs) A vote for Boomer is a vote for you. I'm ready to go to the Selwyn Pub now. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. We'll all walk home together. You walked really. home in that neighborhood by yourself at night? Nothing no, wrong with that. <laughs> Doc and Coach were proud of me. I appreciate old Doc and Coach at the Selwood Pub. <laughs> That's great. Selwood Pub. I'll tell you a story about the Selwood Pub sometime down there. If you're over 50 or even over 40, don't go to the Selwood Pub after 8 o'clock. You're allowed there between 5 yeah. and 8. But yeah. after 8... Don't pretend it's 30 years ago. <laughs> it's going to be awkward. You just look creepy. You look creepy. Right. Right. Creep. Tark, there are Tark. rules at the Selwyn Pub. Tark, Tark will kick you out. Yeah, Tark, 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 you're getting at that age now, buddy. <laughs> you ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> I go out walking after midnight out in the moonlight. Home from Selwyn Pub. Just like we used to do. It's the song that was going through your head. This is kind of awkward because you're holding my hand while playing this song. (laughs) Well, you know, we're consoling you. (laughs) The wounds are still fresh. I'll never forget my brother just said, uh, you want to ride home? And I went, nah, I just feel like walking. (laughs) You know, it's about a 20-minute walk to my house. Of course, the worst, worst one was in 2008. We were at the Hilton Hotel, and I was running against Beverly Perdue. And Ann had brought all the dresses to, to be the – and we had security ready to be named governor, but we knew it was a close race. We ended up losing by two points. So that morning we wake up at the Hilton Hotel in downtown Charlotte, and the room stunk of just cigars and cigarettes. And all my campaign team were spent the whole night just – drinking away their sorrows. sorrow about losing. So we get up, <laughs> and I get all of Ann's dresses and walk to the elevator at the Hilton in downtown Charlotte and push the button, and the door opens, and all of a sudden I go, oh, blank. I can't say what I said. And I dropped all her dresses and luggage. And she said, what's wrong? And I went, we don't have a ride home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We do not have a ride home because unlike the Senate campaign, the governor's campaign was really a grassroots campaign, drove all over the state. You know, Senate campaign was nothing because we never saw our opponent. I remember all remember, this. Remember my opponent? It's now Senator Bud. We never saw him, and there were very little grassroots events, but 
We traveled all over, and I had a little 19-year-old driver. He was gone. <laughs> he probably picked up a girl that night or something. Drove you know? her home. Drove her home. <laughs> that reminds me of another story. I'm really getting off base here. These are the best days, actually. Uh-huh. One of my campaign workers, I remember, hit on a reporter in Raleigh. And I apparently succeeded. <laughs> you know, you have these college kids helping you out, and all these reporters then. You used to be a reporter, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you, you used to come on my show and debate me, actually. Do you remember yeah, this? Yeah, that was tough. We had a whole de- That was a real tough debate. <laughs> anyway, um, not to confuse you with this person I'm about to talk about. <laughs> it was, this but was one of not my, me. One of my people who helped me on my campaign... The next day, I said, gosh, that was a great story on whatever TV station, ABC or whatever. And he went, yeah, there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Now that is not journalistic integrity. <laughs> it's the only good story we had during that campaign. <laughs> Did you give that guy a raise? <laughs> I'm kidding. It's probably the wrong word to use. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to get something yeah. off my chest real oh, quick. Oh, yeah, good. Wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. You know, one thing that's uh, really discouraging me, and you're not going to want to hear this, but if you can't handle the truth, don't listen. Well, you're not going to want to hear this, but you have one minute. We might have to get this off your you chest. You see next these Middle East right now with Yemen attacking our oil ships? You see the war between Israel and Hamas, who is a terrorist organization, cut people's heads off. You see the world in Ukraine and Russia, a Stalinist trying to take over Ukraine, who then wants to take over Poland. I know everyone says, American first, why don't we just deal with Americans' problems? But I hate to tell you, there ain't a wall. Not only on Mexico, there's not a wall off the coast of North Carolina. There are things called ships coming into the harbors of New York and Baltimore and even Wilmington, North Carolina, and Charleston, South Carolina, with goods coming all over the world that you use. And if they're shooting down and trying to sink ships in the Mediterranean Sea, it will have an impact on you. You can't ignore it. And if there's a war in Ukraine and Russia's trying to take over one of the largest farm-producing nations in the world for wheat, it will impact you and your food prices. And if Putin decides to go after other NATO nations, it will impact you. The world does not exist in a vacuum. Oil prices are based upon world prices, not U.S. prices, except for California, because they think they're another nation anyway. But it's time we start having serious discussions about foreign policy in this presidential election. Okay, Bo only gave me a minute. I'm going to go walk to the Selwyn Pub now. (laughs) It's cold out there. Wait. Wait, is this part Speaking of your... Speaking of rising. I can just imagine you walking up to an intersection. Okay, was your vehicle damaged? Yes. He dented it pretty bad on the roof. I want to make sure he doesn't do this to anyone else. All right. That was uh, two blocks from the cell I know. Pub. I know. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. WPT. And the walking man walks. He doesn't know nothing at all. Any other man stops and talks. I just can't get Selwyn Pub late at night. Pat McCrory. I'm going to start calling you the walking man. Walk on by. Hey, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour, Bill Graham is going to be in studio with us. That Bill Graham that we had on for many, many years. And I met Bill on the Pat McCrory show because he used to come on with us. But uh, Bill is now running for governor. And uh, I don't you know, you see his commercials all over the place. Uh, he's ramped it up. He's running in the GOP primary. So we're going to spend an hour with gubernatorial candidate Bill Graham tomorrow. And uh, you have some thoughts, Pat McCrory, I'm sure, on uh, the governor's race this time around and what it's evolved into. Well, there are three major candidates. Uh, Dale Falwell, who worked for me when I was governor, former state legislature, current treasurer. He was in charge of unemployment uh, compensation when I was governor. And did a great job. Uh, Bill Graham, who's I consider a very close friend, we actually ran against each other in the Republican primary for governor in 2008. And he was such a class act. Not only did he endorse me, but he worked with me. And, he, and what was different between him and the candidates you're seeing in Iowa were the candidates now endorsing Trump, and yet they were just slamming Trump 48 hours ago. Bill Graham never went after me in my race uh, in 08. And, uh, in fact, we used to give each other speeches when we'd go to these events throughout North Carolina and, you know, be 10 people in there. And I'd go, Bill, do you want me to give your speech? And you can give my speech because we heard each other's speech so often. So he's got a great sense of humor. Smart guy, lawyer out of uh, Salisbury, North Carolina. Grew up, um, his parents were mill workers in Kannapolis. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, just a great guy, great guy, and has been very successful as a lawyer and as an entrepreneur, as we used to advertisement for his uh, brewery in Salisbury. Uh, and then uh, Mark Robinson, who's the current lieutenant governor, no political experience before he became lieutenant governor. In fact, we really don't know what he did before he became lieutenant governor, except for he became famous with a YouTube presentation in front of the Greensboro City Council, which Mark Walker interestingly, um, made famous. Mark, who's now running for Congress, he ran for the U.S. Senate with me against Ted Budd. And uh, we saw each other all the time. We never saw now Senator Ted Budd. Uh, And that's what's kind of happening in the governor's race right now. Uh, Mark, uh, we're not seeing him. We're not seeing him on TV. We're not seeing him anywhere. But we're seeing a lot of uh, articles and ads now going after Mark, and you ain't seen nothing yet if Mark wins the primary. The Democrats have whole files on his background, on some of his bankruptcies, his business dealing, canceled checks, other things, some unique businesses that he was in. Um, I mean, there's a whole file. And I guess the question is, have the Republicans, do the Republicans know what's going to hit them once the general election comes? And all of a sudden, you're seeing some commercials by Bill, which aren't going after some of uh, Mark's questionable business interactions and other things in him and his wife. But he is now going after some of the very strong comments that Mark has made about um, 
Israel and Jews and even Hitler. When Mark gets going in a speech, there is no filter, and that can work for you, and that can work against you. He's Trump on steroids. Trump has a filter compared to Mark Robinson, and that's his strength and his weakness. And uh, But it's going to be a very, very interesting race. Having run, having run for that office three times, um, Bill's spending a lot of money on TV. He's got the money. And he's trying to distinguish himself as the best candidate to win the general election. Kind of very similar to Nikki Haley is trying to present herself as the best candidate to win the general election and beat Joe Biden. What do you envision, uh, just if, if he were to get there, what do you envision a Josh Stein versus Bill Graham race looking like? Ooh, I, I'd predict that Bill Graham would win. Robinson Stein, I'd probably predict today, it could change tomorrow, Stein winning. Because that independent voter will be appraised of the things that Robinson has said in the past, which will turn off especially the woman voter, the soccer moms, as we call them. But it will be close no matter what. The governor's races have always been, except in my one victory, that was 11, two losses. One was a two-point race to Beverly Purdue, two, two to three-point race. Then I lost to uh, Roy Cooper by 0.1%. Less, you know, 0.01%. Um, so I think Dan Forrest lost by maybe 4%. That's like a landslide in North Carolina gubernatorial politics because we're a purple state. What happens in North Carolina, Republicans have an advantage in the federal elections, especially the U.S. Senate race and the, the gerrymandered congressional elections. But the Democrats have always had an advantage in the gubernatorial elections. And that's because a lot of the Conservative Democrats will vote conservative Republican at the national level, but vote more of the liberal governor in the general election because a lot of their family members may be teachers and government workers who are large, a large employer in North Carolina. So you'll hear the Demo Roy Cooper, you know, gets the teacher union support and the teacher union will put millions of dollars in this and portray whoever runs against the Democrat as anti-teacher. So it's going to be a, a blowout race. The, the other question will be, what will the Republican Governors Association do if Robinson wins the primary? Will the Republican Governors Association put money in North Carolina? Because without that money, they will not win. As I learned in my first race, in my first race against Beverly Purdue, if I would have got more support nationally, I think we could have got over the edge. And even more in the last race, um, uh, money makes a difference in the general election race, no doubt about it. So Bill Graham's coming tomorrow. That's right. And I'm, I'm glad he's doing it. And I wish um, – and, and, of course, Dale Falwell comes on here all the time, mm -hmm. too, once yep. a week. So they're getting out there. Um, and we'd love to talk to Mark Robinson if he would ever uh, decide to come on. I mean, we want to talk to everybody. Mark so. used to. Mark came on my show one That's time, right. and I remember meeting with him afterwards and trying to explain the budget to him because he was a brand new lieutenant governor. And I met with him in the room next door here mm -hmm. as the former governor. Let me explain how government works. He's definitely welcome here. We'd love to give him the microphone. So it's going to be an interesting race, and where the money comes from, uh, the Trump endorsement is. I think with Robinson. Yeah. It'll be interesting if the Club for Growth gets involved in this, which probably they won't.
they like the federal races like with Ted Budd. So when we come who back. used Mark Robinson in an ad against me. I was watching the returns the night before last from Iowa. And uh, I saw this come across my social media feed off of X. Says our two political parties are failing our nation and continue to go against the vast majority of Americans who do not want a rematch of the 2020 presidential election. Enough. Join the common sense, no labels movement. That I wrote was, that. Yeah. And for two reasons. I think the two political parties, and I'm a Republican, still registered Republican, but both parties are failing us, especially in Washington, D.C., and at times I see in Raleigh. I mean, just look at the immigration issue. They, they haven't resolved it. We didn't resolve it when we had the president and the Senate and the House because we couldn't get along with each other. At that time, the Freedom Caucus, which is now running Congress, decided to vote against Trump's immigration budget. People forget that. Not budget, but immigration policy, which would have closed some of the loopholes that we're having today. And, of course, Biden and the Democrats— don't want to touch the issue of immigration, which I don't understand. The smartest thing Biden would should do right now is make an agreement to have very strict borders and close the loopholes on asylum. And I don't get the special interest groups that are stopping him, but they control Biden. So total failure on immigration and total failure on spending and the deficit, and the list goes on and on and on. They're not getting anything done in D.C., with a divided nation. So the parties are failing us. And we're seeing it in inflation. We're seeing it in a deficit. We're seeing it in so many areas. And I blame everyone. I blame the Democrats more as a Republican, but I blame everyone. And then the Iowa election. Biden didn't even go. I mean, the Democrats pulled out of Iowa. They used to be a part of Iowa, but they've rigged the election so Biden will win with no competition. This 81-year-old man who's got about a 33% approval rating, has almost no competition except for one House member in Minnesota. And they're not letting him even partake in some of the ballots. And then Trump wins with 50, 51, 52% of the vote in a caucus, and yet 65% of the American people, and it's headed towards 70, do not want either Biden or Trump. Now, whether you two, and, and you're li- you might be listening and said, I'm a big Trump guy or I'm a Biden person. Most of the listeners are Trump. I'm just telling you, you're in the minority. 65% of the people don't want either one. And that, to me, is a failure of the two-party system. They're, they're taking us for granted. They're arrogant with their power. And I'll tell you what, right now they're doing with no labels. And I'm co-chairman of no labels with Joe Lieberman. They're trying to keep us, and right now it's the left, Far left-wing groups are trying to keep us off the ballot in states like Delaware and Maine and Arizona and Nevada, and they're pulling every trick in the book. They tried to do it here in North Carolina. They kept us off for three months, and we're not putting up with it. So I'm going to D.C. today, and you'll hear some more feedback on that uh, tomorrow about uh, exposing some of the... uh, anti-democratic things that are occurring with the duopoly that is controlling our political system. Don't forget, tomorrow, 9 to 10, we have Bill Graham in studio. His first oh, I, live interview since he declared. I forgot to say, I hate both you and Bill. You got you got time. Go ahead. I, I, hate, I hate Bo Thompson. I hate Bill Graham. All right. 
He loves me there. <laughs> <laughs> I love you both deep down. Wow. He's never said that to me before. Oh, I thought we were off the air. Yeah, we, we've been off the air since 9 a.m. Uh-huh. <laughs> 